Hey there, Rachel Wilson here, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to my bite-sized podcast to help guide, inform, and help you deal with your child's sleep from newborn to four years old. Sleep strategies, interviews, and informed information to give you the confidence to help your child form happy and healthy sleep habits and parenting skills for yourself. Let's get into it. Hello to my friends out there listening to this week's podcast. So this week we are going to be talking about naps and dropping that lunchtime nap to having no nap. Um, There's a lot of my followers over on Instagram that have been recently messaging me about nap transitions and the most popular one currently is dropping that lunchtime nap and when to do it and how to do it and what the signs are. So I thought I'd pop on to the podcast and have a chat about it. Um, and talk you through dropping the lunchtime nap. So, of course, there's going to come to a point that I am sure you will feel is coming too fast when your child needs to say goodbye to that lovely lunchtime nap they have been happening and you are going to be having to entertain your little one for an extra couple of hours in the day. No more quiet time for you, no more quiet lunches and cups of tea and getting any jobs and to-do lists done. Your little one is ready to start dropping that nap. So how, how does this happen? When does it happen and how do we manage it? Okay, let's, let's explore this. It typically happens around the age of about two and a half to three years old. Now, typically, this is when it happens. There are a lot of children out there who drop it, boom, on their second birthday. They are done with their nap and they are just quite happy to go, go, go now. So it can happen any time as early as two years old. Some children are still napping until about three and a half years of age. Now, in some daycare settings, they like to have their toddlers still napping. over the age of three certainly here in Spain um, it's very much the thing to do Um, whether the child is ready to drop it or not they do certainly encourage it but we're looking for a ballpark of about two and a half to three years of when this lunch nap is going to be dropped now it's going to be very much driven by your child's sleep needs so for example my son Leo he dropped his nap around the age of about two and a half and was quite happy just to, you know, drop it, go, go, go all day. But my daughter Chloe, on the other hand, she was very happy to hang on to it until she was almost three. And even some days she was still taking a nap after the age of three. She's five now and still would happily take a nap in the middle of the day. She does love her sleep. Now, what are the signs? Okay, there's a few different signs when you are that you were going to see. I might start thinking, <coughs> excuse me, when you might start thinking, okay, is it time to drop this lunchtime nap? So let's let's work it out. Let's figure it out. We've got the age range, right? So the other signs to look for. Number one, in no particular order, I'm just going to reel them off here. But number one, they start to refuse this nap. So perhaps you've had a really busy morning and you think, gosh, child's going to be exhausted after running around in the park or they've been at nursery we've been doing lots of errands busy 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 you've had a play date they've eaten all their lunch and now you're getting ready for that nap time routine and you're heading off to that bedroom and thinking oh great I'm going to get a couple of hours of peace and quiet now you know they must be tired nap time routine's done 
maybe sat in the potty, changed nappy, we're all calm and happy like every other day. And then you go to put them into their crib or their, their bed and they're fighting it and they just don't fall asleep. Perhaps they're quite happy to be in their sleep space, in their bed, but they're just not falling asleep. I remember putting Leo into his bed and he was chatting away. And I was thinking, do I go in? Do I not? Oh my goodness. No, he's quiet. He's happy. I'm going to stay away. He's still chilling out. Perhaps you're getting near to the two hour mark. And yes, they're still awake and still no sleep. This is a sure sign that they're ready to drop this lunchtime nap. So another sign they may not fall asleep until at least maybe 40 to 60 minutes into this nap so again you've had a busy morning you've had lunch you've done your nap time routine happy to go into bed chat 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 and they eventually fall asleep at some point within this nap time window so that's another sign to say, okay, I'm ready to stay awake a little bit longer, still need a bit of a nap, a little bit of a sleep, but I'm, I'm not going to crash out. I'm, I'm just happy just to take a shorter nap. If your toddler is having a hard time staying calm and happy in their sleep space, and they are really fighting back this nap, Perhaps you're experiencing tears and tantrums. They're shouting for you. They're trying to get out of the bedroom or jumping out of the cot. And you're trying to find ways to encourage them to stay there and go to sleep. Please, I've got things to do. Again, this is another sure sign that they're not needing to take this nap anymore. They're just, they're just ready just to, to stay awake. Their body is saying, I'm ready to stay awake more, longer hours in the day before I have a sleep. The other sign is bedtime is going to be a battle. It's becoming a battle. Perhaps they are fighting bedtimes, they're asking for more stories, they're getting out, up and out of bed and chasing you out of the bedroom. Perhaps they're staying in their bed but they're not falling asleep again for a good hour or so after lights out or they're finding all sorts of excuses to stay up and play and they're looking for your attention. They may be full of beans and you just think, no, this little monkey is not going to fall asleep when I leave the room. What am I going to do? Again, if they've had that lunchtime nap, they're struggling to fall asleep at bedtime. The sleep pressure is just not there. They need to be awake longer in the daytime before they go to bed to build up that sleep pressure so they can go to bed and happily and peacefully fall asleep. Another sign you might start to experience and notice is you might notice your child waking for periods of time in the night. We might get a split, what's known as a split night, or they're starting to wake up very early the next morning. Why is that? Because they've had too much daytime sleep. They've had too much sleep in a whole 24-hour period. Remember, there's only going to be so much sleep that a, a child or any one of us needs in a 24-hour period. Um, and when they start to drop that lunchtime nap, somewhere between some two and a half and three, remember it can be as early as two years, we're looking for 11 to 12 hours of sleep in a 24-hour period. Now, if they've had a daytime sleep of an hour and a half or two hours, 
and they're ready to drop this nap, they're going to be awake in the night, aren't they? Because they just don't have that sleep pressure to keep them asleep. Or they're going to be waking up, our favorite thing, waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning because they've had that sleep. They don't need it anymore. The body is saying, I'm done, ping, I'm ready for the day. And then you're in this vicious cycle of getting to lunchtime. They're really actually quite tired and exhausted. Of course they are because they've been up since 5 a.m. in the morning. So you put them down, they have a sleep. Perhaps they're fighting bedtime when they're going to sleep, but again, boom, they're awake in the night again or they're awake early the next morning at 5 a.m. So you're in this vicious cycle. So what are we going to do about it? How are we going to drop this nap? Okay, well, we've established when it's going to happen. We've established what the signs are. How do we actually drop this nap? Now, we need to tread really carefully here and be quite clever about it. For all your child's life, they've been having sleep in the day. They've been having naps, and at certain stages, they've dropped some naps. And suddenly, now they're going to have, we're going to drop down to almost nothing or no sleep in the daytime. So it's a big milestone, and the child's body is going to take some adjusting and take some time to get used to it. We can go cold turkey with just dropping that nap like it never happened. And some children are absolutely cool with that. It's not a problem. They're full of beans and they're ready to go cold turkey. Whereas other children, if they're anything like my daughter Chloe, they need to take it gradually and slowly because they still really love their sleep. And it just takes them a little bit more time to, to get used to the fact that the body gets used to the fact of having less and less sleep in the daytime and it needs to be dropped gradually. You are your expert in your child's sleep. Remember that, not me, you. So what I'm going to talk about here, the different, the different ways of doing it, something that you can go away and think about and, and, and put into practice, what is the best way to do this? So I'm gonna explain some possible ways on how you can do this gently if you're not gonna go cold turkey. So, if your child is still falling asleep at nap time, but you're finding bedtimes hard, or they're waking in the night for periods of time, or early in the morning, I'm going to suggest that they still need some sleep in the daytime, because they're still falling asleep at bedtime okay. Right? Remember that, they're still falling asleep okay at bedtime. So what you need to do is start reducing the amount of that sleep that they have in the day. Reduce the amount of nap time. So. <clears throat> for example, if your child was sleeping two hours, I would start by reducing it by 15 to 30 minutes. And I would do that for about four, four days or so. About four days. For your child's body just to get used to it. And wake them up. Okay? So you might still find putting them down at the same time is working, but just wake them up about 15 to 30 minutes earlier and see how that goes. If they're super grumpy, go with it, support them through it. Maybe just have a bit more of a sort of quiet um, afternoon, if possible. And give it a few days, give it four or five days or so, just to see how they balance that out. And you might find that they're not so grumpy. And then reduce it another 15 to 30 minutes or so. 30 minutes is quite a lot. So you might find if your child is really sensitive, just doing it in 15 minute increments is the best way to go slowly and gently. Now you can continue capping this nap right down, right down until you find what works for your child. 
which you might find that you get down to half an hour, bedtime is brilliant and they're sleeping through the night, they're getting through till 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning, perfect. Keep it at that. Half an hour, boom, winner. Keep it at half an hour and see how you go with that, how you go with that for, for a while. And then if you start to see changes again at nighttime sleep, you need to start thinking about reducing that nap again. Now, if you have dropped this nap entirely, you will have to bring bedtime forward. And this can be as, as much as an extra hour earlier than they previously went to bed before. So you might have had bedtime at sort of 7 or 7.30 when they've been having a daytime nap. And now that nap has been reduced because you've woken them up earlier, you might just need to pop them to bed a little bit earlier. If you have dropped that nap cold turkey and they are not having that nap at all, bedtime might be as early as 6 p.m. <gasps> You're thinking, oh my gosh, six o'clock in the evening, that's super early, I, I can't do that, they're gonna be awake at 5 a.m. in the morning. No, it doesn't work like that, remember, that an overtired child will have a higher level of cortisol in their body. And it's that cortisol, one of the, 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 um, the chemicals in the body that wakes us up in the morning. And if they are overtired, they've got a higher level of that cortisol, it's going to drive an earlier wake time in the morning. So by going to bed earlier, as early as 6 p.m., you're giving your child's body the chance to catch up on that lost daytime sleep while their body adjusts. So they're not going to be so overtired and you will not, in theory, get that early morning wake up the next day. Don't be afraid to do it. Just try it. There's no harm in trying it at 6 p.m. bedtime. And remember, your child's total sleep needs are still going to be around 11 to 14 hours. So some children will be taking 12 hours at night at two and a half and two hours nap and it's working for them. Some children will be taking uh, 12 hours at night, but really pushing back with that nap. So they need to be dropping it. You need to tag that sleep on somewhere and it will be early bedtimes. They may just need that 30 minute nap in the day. So, and that's okay, you can do that. Now, if your toddler is the one who's taking ages to fall asleep at nap time, but you still know that they need a little bit of sleep and you need to and want to take this slowly and gently, I would suggest instead of popping them down, let's say they were going down at 12, just popping them down a bit later than they would normally go. So that nap is still shortened because you're gonna be waking them up at the same time. But you're going to, um, you're gonna skip out, you're gonna miss out on that sort of struggle to fall asleep. And you're gonna have a bit more higher sleep pressure for them to sleep. So maybe putting them down at half past one or quarter, uh, sorry, half past 12 or, or, or quarter to one, half an hour, 45 minutes later is better for them and still waking them up at the usual time. So if they were going down at 12 and waking up at two, you'd still wake them up at two o'clock. Take a little diary of this nap transition for a couple of weeks. Um, just jot it down, pen and paper. I love pen and paper, good old traditional pen and paper, and, and see what's going on. And you might notice a pattern of what's happening. Just note down what time your little one's waking in the morning, what they're doing for their nap, and what's happening at nighttime, and you'll notice a pattern happening. Now, the big thing, the nap is gone. What on earth are you going to do nap? <gasps> what are you meant to do in this extra time that you've got? Well, this 
time is still great and ideal for some quiet time. For those kids who are just crazy mental, full of beans and energy, quiet time may not even you know, even be on their radar, but for some children, they still just need some downtime. And it's, it's really good for them just to have some downtime while they're making these adjustments and getting used to having no sleep in the daytime. They've dropped that nap. So what you can do is perhaps make up a quiet time box. Uh, grab a box, you know, your, your next Amazon box, keep that, or you can go down to the pound shop or the local store and buy a, buy a box. They can decorate it if you want, put some stickers on it or something. Um, if, you've got other, if they've got other siblings, maybe you can just put, you know, Chloe's quiet box on it. Um, and it's something special to them and it's only theirs and it only comes out at their quiet time. And you can pop in some games and toys that you know um, that they will really enjoy and like and that also they don't need your help and guidance with. This is also really great for encouraging independent play. A lot of children really struggle with independent play and they are you know, hands up who's got a little rug wrap there who's just constantly following you around the house everywhere you go. There's just someone on your ankles. So having a quiet time box is really great for encouraging independent play. So pop things in there like, um, you know, my favorite things are the, the no mess water, um, I forget what they're called, the no mess water, Crayola make a, big, uh, make a good ones, water sheets. So you just fill up those pens with water and they can color away. And as it dries, the, the colors disappear. They're great for traveling as well. Um, you know, you could put um, a little Tony box in there. You could have some puzzles in there. Some things that you know is special that your child's really going to enjoy and is not going to need any guidance from you. If your child is just super happy to hang out in their room, this is going to be great. It's going to be easy. Um, perhaps you can have a little desk in there as well. You could put some puzzles or something in there. You can maybe get some photos of the family and get them turned into puzzles. And that's something for them to do, something new and exciting. Um, if they just don't want to be in their room on their own and they can't, um, but you still think they need some quiet time, then just have some little sofa time and offer them some books or an audio story or a little podcast or a Tony box to listen to. Um, a lot of people um, will put TV on. Yes, we all do it. I did it. I still do it. Um, just to get some peace and quiet. It still can be quite stimulating for a child, um, especially if there's other children around, other siblings and you're busy doing things, um, there's no harm if it works, there's no harm in doing it. Um, you're not, you know, the idea of this quiet time is you're not looking for them to have anything really energetic to do at this time of the day because otherwise they're just going to burn out and boom, you're going to have a toddler tantrum on your hand at like 4 or 5 8 p.m. in the afternoon and they're going to crash out at some point. So just bear that in mind. Um, and you might want to rotate those quiet time toys around every couple of weeks just so that it keeps their interest. Um, and you know, maybe you can even build like a little story tent and you can put a little torch in there with some fairy lights um, a little audio box in there and they can sit in there. So maybe get that out one week and put it away another week just so it stays fresh for them and it keeps them interested. Um, now... The tricky thing here is daycare and napping. 
Um, this is a really tricky one because, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, a lot of daycare settings will still encourage naps, um, you know, right up to the age of three, if not over the age of three. Um, I know in the States they are very... Um, they are very into this, and certainly here in Spain, they are very into it as well. And it can make life really hard for you because they've had that nap at, at daycare. You're getting home, you give them dinner, bath, and you're thinking, oh, I'm just exhausted after a busy day at work. And you have a nice story time, and they're just not ready to go to sleep. And maybe you've got other things that you need to do, and it's frustrating. I get it. I hear it. So what you need to do, if at all possible, is just have a chat with your daycare setting and just talk to them about the situation that you're in and explain, you know, your little one is ready to drop this lunchtime nap and ask them if it is at all possible, if they can, you know, if you're wanting to go cold turkey, if they can just keep them up um, or if they can just wake them up earlier, so not give them the full nap time. If they are not able to offer this, ask them why. It might be a staffing ratio issue going on. They might have staff going off on lunch um, and whilst some children are sleeping. And if some children are awake, they've got issues with the number of staff with how many children are awake. Ask them if there's another ch- if there's another room that your child can go into. So there might be another room where older children are awake and they can go and join that room. Again, might not be able to do it because of the the staff-child ratio, but it's worth asking and it's worth exploring. If they are still just adamant on having them nap, you're going to have to maybe just adjust bedtimes a little bit um, and just sort of get it into your mind that actually we need to delay everything maybe half an hour or an hour later in the evenings. Now, car rides and errands is a perfect time for a little person to fall asleep in the back of the car or in the buggy and you've dropped this nap and you've thought, uh-oh, they're falling asleep or perhaps you're going on the school run um, later in the afternoon to pick up um, older siblings and boom, they are asleep in the back of the car. Well, if you can find a safe place to stop and wake them up then by all means go for it and do it if it's a short ride to school wake them up as soon as you get them get there try not to let them sleep any more than 10 to 15 minutes this time of day is danger zone this is the danger nap you are in danger territory here this little nap may not affect bedtimes but 99% of the time it does so you're gonna probably have to push bedtime slightly later Um, maybe 15, 30 minutes later, be realistic about it. It's going to happen. Your child is not a toddler. They're still getting used to dropping this daytime nap. They're, you know, they might have some days where they are still taking a nap and then other days they're not. So there's going to be an adjustment here. Their circadian rhythm, their body clock is going to need some time to get used to it. And that's okay. It might be a few weeks until they're body really gets to to use to this shorter or no nap at all. Be realistic about it. Day-to-day life is busy, whether they're at daycare or not, and you're at home. They're soaking up so much new information every day and experiences every day. Life is fun. Don't expect miracles. Don't expect this nap transition to be easy from day one. 
you might find it can take up to six weeks at least for this nap transition to complete. Um, and you might find your toddler passes out at half past five in the afternoon because they're so exhausted and they're having a meltdown maybe at six o'clock. You are the expert in your child's sleep. So go slowly with it. You will find their happy and sweet spot for this nap time transition to, happy, to, to happen. And you will work out the right way to go about it. Go slow and gentle. You will get there. Enjoy it and enjoy this new couple of hours in the daytime that you've got to uh, spend with your little one. If you need any help or you have got any questions over this nap transition, drop me an email, rachel at rachelwilsonsleepconsultant.com. I'll put my email address in the show notes below. Um, and if you want to have a chat about it, very happy to do so. We can jump on a call and have a chat. As always, happy sleeping, everybody, and I will catch you soon. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please see the show notes for all the links mentioned. And don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And come follow me over on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a topic you would like me to cover, drop me an email at rachel at rachelwilsonsleepconsultant.com. See you next time.